Today's reading is taken from the second letter to Timothy, chapter 2, beginning to read at verse 8. Oh, it's on page 1,195 in the Church Bibles. 1,195. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, <clears throat> that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal joy. Here is a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's just pray for Martin before he preaches. Lord, we thank you for bringing Martin to us this morning. We thank you for the message you've entrusted to him. Help him now to deliver it in words which will speak to our hearts and enable us to hear you yourself uh, in all your love and care for all your creation. And we pray that your word may be the living word to us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. I had a sermon prepared this week. Thing is, it didn't feel right. And so yesterday morning, I sat down and rewrote the whole thing from scratch. So hopefully, it is what God wants to say. It just felt right anyway when I finished. So here we go. Um, as I pondered the theme for today, which is that God's word is not chained, I couldn't help but place a question mark at the end of that statement. The reasons for that I'll address later, but for now it's worth following the theme of Paul's letter to Timothy, these few verses we have anyway, and look at why he says that God's word is not chained. The first thing we read from Paul to give weight to his statement is his call to Timothy to remember Jesus Christ. And that's in verse 8. 
It's also in this verse that we see why he and us should remember Jesus Christ. The first reason he gives is that Jesus is risen from the dead. The tomb was empty on that first Easter morning. No body was ever recovered. Neither the Jewish leaders nor the Roman leaders could prove the disciples wrong in their claims that Jesus had risen. Even when their own lives were in danger, the disciples still held to their story that Jesus had risen from the dead. And Paul, of course, has another reason for his belief. He met the risen Jesus that he was trying to quash on the road to Damascus. The second reason that Paul tells us to remember Jesus is not just because he was a man who was brought back from the dead, although that should be enough, but because Jesus is the promised Messiah. Paul makes the link between the great king of Israel, David, and the even greater king, Jesus of Nazareth, who is not limited by a geographical realm or 12 tribes. Jesus is the Messiah for us Gentiles, we say, the Christ. Paul tells Timothy that for this same Jesus and the message that he proclaims about God's salvation for all, that he suffers and he is chained like a prisoner. He makes the link between his own chains and the word of God, from which we get our theme for today. Paul may be held in a single place and limited in his own mind in what he can do to spread the gospel. Yet the word of God is free from his perspective. God is no longer limited to the, by the law that Moses gave to the people. The heart of the law has been set free from the stone tablets that had actually become a heavy weight for God's people to bear. The legalistic interpretation of God's heart had become a burden, and Jesus came to set God's heart free. In addition, Pentecost had already happened, and following the ascension of Jesus to heaven, the Holy Spirit is now free and accessible to all that receive him. The Word of God is everywhere, no limitations. No longer is the Holy Spirit limited to work, working in the few. The prophecy from Joel has been fulfilled. So watch out, young men. And older men. And women too. Let's be inclusive. Because Joel was. God is on a mission. And Jesus began that mission by bringing salvation to God's creation through the very thing that had brought a stain upon it, humanity. Through his own humanity, the Son of God shows that it is possible to live a stainless, godly life. He restores humanity to its intended best. Jesus also establishes the values and ethics of God in the world afresh. He establishes something that does not sit well in a fallen human society, the church. This church is to be the embodiment of God's values and ethics, no pressure, 
bringing the antibiotics of God's kingdom to a world that has a serious infection that leads to death. And that's sin, of course. God's word is not chained or bound anymore. God's word is free to achieve its purpose, yet not without opposition. This is where my question mark comes in. Having freed his own heart, his own word, his own spirit in the world, God has laid down the vehicle through which his own message shall be spread, his mission achieved. The vehicle is you and me. Suddenly, at the end of the statement, God's word is not chained, for me a big question mark appears. God is relying on you and me to represent him and to spread his good news. Paul is not stupid. And this is why, after quoting some words from what we believe to be a hymn of the day, Paul exhorts Timothy to keep reminding those early members of the church of the core beliefs about Jesus Christ. They need to be focused and not be distracted. Paul says that the church should not be distracted and argue about words because it only ruins those who hear it. Verse 14. How often do people in the church fall out over petty things? And then Paul also advises the church through Timothy that they should avoid godless chatter. Verse 16. To you and I, this is gossip. Is it part of the values of God to gossip about others in a negative way? Quite the opposite. The God that we love and worship is a God of unconditional love. And both arguing over words and godless chatter can be weapons of God's opposition to distract the church from their main task. And this brings me on to the subject of spiritual warfare. You weren't expecting this, were you? It seems not enough Christians have an awareness of the ongoing battle behind the scenes of our lives. It was a reality for Jesus, and as his followers, we should also consider it a reality too. We may be a scientific people in our country today, making great strides in medicine and exploration of the world around us, but to get inflated egos as humanity and dismiss things that we cannot see is another weapon of God's enemy. It's called the don't let them see me and they will be unaware of what I do against them plan. Human nature in its fallen state is also a major factor in placing the question mark at the end of Paul's statement to Timothy. You see, left to our own devices, we will build patterns of behavior that raise our own importance and limit God in our lives. And when I say that, I don't, I'm not just addressing the church, I'm talking about society as a whole. The evidence is all around us. Even people that come to faith in God do not always want to have their life patterns affected by their beliefs. It's all about control. And dare I say, selfishness. 
The example of Jesus for his followers of any generation is one of willing submission to God and his purposes, whatever the cost. He did this because he knew the mission of God was central to the salvation of humanity and the baton has been passed on. God has a purpose for every individual that accepts him. But it is usually delivered through the church that Jesus established. John Wimber used to say that the church is the learning place for the marketplace. It's in the church that we get to know God more. It's in the church that we learn about his values and ethics through the teaching of Jesus and experience God through the Holy Spirit. The Christian life is then lived out both within and outside of the church. God's word is not chained. He is available to all. But God's word can be held back because of how we decide to interpret the Christian life. And that is something to consider beyond a Sunday sermon.